Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Perry. I'm so happy that you all are here with me. This is a little bit unorthodox for us. And I know somebody who has never been on the show before is sitting here with me. He is a legend in the bourbon community. (laughs) He laughs because he knows it's true. It's not true. No, it is true. It's not true at all. Tim Gunderman. At Timmergund, yes. If you want to follow him on social media, um, so it, it, we are we're at Whiskey Weekend. This is one of the coolest things I've ever done in my entire life. This was an amazing adventure, and I I wanted to document this in a way that was <laughs> unofficial, but had turkey noises in the background. Travis. <laughs> no, it's okay, buddy. <laughs> no, uh, so Will and the Grease from the podcast have done so much work to make sure that this is one of the most curated and awesome and exciting weekends of all time. And I think they've done a great job of it. Totally. Um, I mean, people from... Utah, California, Texas, all over the freaking United States yep. have shown up to Kentucky for this weekend. Do you know how many bourbons I tried yesterday? How many bourbons did you try yesterday? 30. Holy crap. Wow. <laughs> Is that like an official count? 100% official count. Wow, dude. So that's between what we did with Dixon Deadman, yeah. what we did at Buffalo Trace, and what everyone brought to share. And we brought a lot to share, too. Yes. So that's, uh, that's crazy. What's even crazier is from what was brought to share, only about 10 of the 30 was from that. I, I just want to say that, you know, one, one of the big points I want to make about this episode, this weekend, is that you may be, you, you may be skeptical about the you know the community or about the fact that you know people are shameful about you know how much they drink bourbon but what's important is the community yes totally and there are so many people who are here that have never met before and all of a sudden we're all friends oh 100% <laughs> I mean, so for that, I've probably not met 90% of the people here. Did we meet at Whiskey, uh, Southern Whiskey Society? If we did. It, <laughs> it was at we the met after Southern party. Society, yes. <laughs> it was at the after party, and we probably had more than 30 pours. I had way too many French fries at the, uh, yeah, at the after party fries. at Southern Whiskey Society. <laughs> so do you guys want to know a little fun fact about the after party? Please tell. Let's hear it. So we all showed up at the after party. I was there with Whiskey Cause, who is Chris Constantino. He was the guy that was walking around saying, hey, do you guys want Saz 18? Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So it was that guy. So we were up there, and the Grease comes up to me and says, hey, man, I know you guys wanted to bring bottles up here, but I'm not entirely sure we can have bottles up here. And I said, okay, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. So I went up to the servers, and I said, hey, guys, can we have bottles up here? 
And they were like, uh, probably not. <laughs> and I might have walked around and got a little bit of a collection going. And then I said, hey, Uh-oh. if I give you <laughs> this. church on Sunday. If I give you this, table work here, folks. can we have bottles up here? <laughs> and they looked at me and said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's the way it works right there, folks. So I, I want to point out one thing before we move in too far. My good friend Dustin Whitaker. Hello, hello. Is hanging out as well. Um, Dustin, also known as the sample. Wait, wait. Sample God. Sample Rogue God, Sampler. Uh, Rogue Sampler. There we go. That's yeah. a very humble statement that he made right there. <laughs> he does a lot for everybody. He and really does. I think that's another important thing that we want to talk about, too, is so many of us are all across the country, but we know who everybody is. Travis is walking up right now. I don't know what he's got, but I've known Travis for, what, two years at this point? Not that long? Wow. Really? Eight months, two years, what's the difference? (laughs) Could be eight months, could be eight million years. Well, if you're drinking bourbon, I mean, that's... It it might feel like two years because I drag that out of everyone. (laughs) Um, it's the worst experience ever knowing me. <laughs> that is not true. I, I've spent a short amount of time, relatively, knowing Travis. But I've enjoyed so much being able to talk with him and share pours with him and bottles and everything. And I think at, at the core of it, this weekend is all about us being able to come together. Sure, 100%. Yeah. But something was put down in front of me. I don't know what this is. Well, why don't you take a little sippy sip and see what it is? <laughs> you going to make him guess? Yes, I'm going to make him work it a little bit. It smells so good. It's uh, See, I don't even want to say too much, but it's really sweet on the nose. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Also, uh, Jason Newman is holding a, a, a microphone as well. I want to know what this pour is, first and foremost. Well, it is me, so think about it. What, what, what? So you can think where So I'm it's at? turkey. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't just buy me a 17-year. Sadly, I did not. Kentucky spirit. So oh, yeah. Just a little really? spirit. Just sir. Sweeter, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I get that. I figured we'd go with the little Kentucky spirit. I think that the, the, the palate overall is really pretty mellow for a Kentucky spirit. Because I, I, I always expect 101 at the very least to be fairly forward. 101 is known profile. for being, for me, it seems to always pack a punch. Not in a bad way. It's just, it's right forward. It's, it, you know it's 101 when you drink it. You're like, bam, that's turkey 101. That's got the rye. There's the hit. This bad boy, it's smooth like jelly. Oh, wait. Is this? Wait. This isn't the one you bought today, is it? Negative. Okay. But we do need to open that, but. That will happen. Sorry, later. Nathan. It's all right, Nathan. You got to do what you got to do, son. <laughs> so if we're not opening it, I, I want to know what it is. 
Just what did you get? Straight old Kentucky spirit. Ah. The bar. Well, but it's got to no, be. No, what did it, you buy today? Okay. The Kentucky spirit I bought was a Russell's Family Collection Kentucky spirit. And then I also picked up some MB Rolling Dark Fired Whiskey. Price points on the bottle was $70. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this because I really want to try this. I read the profile and it just sounded interesting. I've seen it online. I've been to the website. I've totally stocked them. So I get up to the cash register. You know, beep, beep. She goes, 115 I went, kind of looked, huh, what was that? So I looked on the screen. 50 bucks. Um, how does 59 $50.99 add up to $100? Well, well he, had, uh, he had other things. I had the Kentucky uh, Spirit pick. Yeah. And that was, okay. Yeah, I was just right at, like, right. All right. At I'm just math checking <laughs> you real quick. You're all right. I'm good. I'm not that far off yet. That's, I'm not full greasy. We'll yet. get I'm there. Maybe though. half greasy. So. <laughs> Did you throw in a turkey call? I thought about it, but that would be Travis. It's way too far away. Yeah. And to speak of the liquor barn trip, it might have been slightly the most epic trip. Perry might be. It's it's, it's better Perry's for us gonna be to be allowed back in. It's better for us to not talk about it, so that I don't get incriminated okay. in this investigation in the okay. future. Plausible no, deniability. It's I I don't want to I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Um, okay. But what I do want to talk about is there is somebody here who is a regular listener of the show. Recently jumped on to the Patreon as well, but has been a long-term supporter of the podcast. And he's sitting down with a mic in his hand like, what am I supposed to be doing with this? <laughs> Talking to the mic like this, and you say, one, it's, two, one, two. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> Just put him at your side, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Jason Newman. Thank you for having me. Man, I'm so happy that you're here. Um, I, I have spent so much time, and I, I was talking about this earlier today as well. I spend so much time thinking about how thankful I am for people like you who dedicate not just their, their time to listening to this show, but also their, their money. And I I'm, I'm promise you I'm not trying to plug for the patreon or anything but this is so cool to sit down with somebody who believes in what i do enough to every month help me out in the way that you do now he he is very uh humble so i will do the plugging for him (laughs) Um, and one of the reasons you know one of the reasons i really just in general when i it in my feeling, this is a service. This, this, I have long hours. I have a lot of time to think, and listening to these, where I'm entertained and and informed, especially, um, I want to support that. A, to keep the lights on, keep it going, and B, they work hard, and they, people that do this, deserve the amount of support that they get. Thank you. So, so what is it that you do? On a day-to-day basis. As little as possible. No. <laughs> I, That's I, staying I, in. I actually, I, I work, I work Your employers are hearing that. I work security in a random jail in a random state. And I work 12-hour shifts. So 
you know, we have our checks, but there's a lot of, you know, especially on night shifts where after lockdown, the, the hardest part of the job is sure. staying awake and keeping going and letting the time pass. And I'm actually short. I'm short selling it because I live I live quite a ways from work, so I'm driving a lot, and I, I'm a podcast fanatic. So, yeah. It, it podcasts are a commitment. Commitment. Excuse me. Commitment. <laughs> Is what I said. <laughs> podcasts are a commitment. And it, it's a time out of your day that you spend not just listening to, but thinking about what it is that you just got done listening to. And not just am I happy about and, and so thankful for the fact that you take your time out of your day. I know it may be driving to work, but you could just as easily – be listening to Mel and Camp or whatever. It's Howard Stern. Self-help audiobooks. <laughs> yeah. But I, I am so thankful that I get to sit down with you. And same here, man. Not just it. not just go. Hey, we should we should share a pour. But to put to name put a name to a face. And I just, I, I just first and foremost want to say thank you for being here. Absolutely. But I'm, yeah. It's, yeah, it's getting really warm and fuzzy. Where's Cletus? No, it is. Yeah, uh, Cletus <laughs> probably should show up. I think Cletus is still back in the ditch Cletus, somewhere. You Cletus, know, is, wearing flip-flops Cletus and is, is off just, mic tonight. I think he's still in the ditch somewhere with his bottle of Woodford and, you know, and oh, just oh. waiting for the hot dogs to come in. Is Cletus a regular on the podcast? No. Oh, no. This is brand new, huh? I just met Cletus for the first time this weekend. (laughs) Okay. And Cletus, I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I I just got to say, who who here, do y'all know each other? Have have y'all ever met? (laughs) Has everyone here met? Because I got to say, this is the, the most um, eclectic group that I've ever had a, I, the I, chance to meet. Let's let's all raise our hands if we've met each other before. All right, so I'm seeing one hand up in the group, so they, they've met themselves. So y'all just saw that and, bus uh, out and front. And Jesus, maybe, but I'm not entirely y'all, sure. Y'all just saw that bus out front and decided to get on it and head over to Buffalo Trace. Which bus? The one going to Woodford Reserve. <laughs> Haven't you heard about Woodford Reserve? <laughs> we all went over there earlier. Woodford Reserve. Y'all have y'all have to understand that it is the best whiskey on the market. Why why is it so good? I don't I don't really know why, but I mean I've had Pappies, I've had OKIs, I've had um, I've had all the pride and pomp out of Kentucky, and I've never had a better whiskey than a Woodford. And if you really want to beg the question, you go into the liquor barn and they have the alarm tag around the neck of the bottles of Woodford. They don't have them around the bottles of Pappy. That got to tell you something. Pap, what are you talking about? Them Pappy Van Winkles. No, hold on. No, wait, 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 wait. What liquor barn are you going into where you're seeing Pappy Van Winkle? Not the one in Lexington. <laughs> Cletus, how far did you come to be a part of this weekend? Um, about f- 15 miles down the road. We went to liquor barn. It was, well, 20 miles, I guess. Wait, to what? liquor barn down the road. I came from West Texas. <laughs> about... 
It's a hop, skip, and a jump over the over the. Here we go. I heard that Cletus is the only person that has bottles on layaway at Liquor uh, Barn. Well, at Liquor. <laughs> it depends. It depends on who you know, Tim. What did you put? What did you put he down on your bottles today? How much money did you put down on your bottles? <laughs> well. <laughs> If Hold you, on. If let you me. must ask, I paid a 1% down payment on them bottles, which cost me 15 cents. I mean, that Kentucky gentleman's just getting up there in price, I heard. Woodford Reserve ain't free, you know. I get it. You 15 know cents at a time, it's man. It's so business. So he called me over to show me how secure those bottles of Woodford Reserve were. Cletus was talking so loud, y'all. He was talking so loud and so ornery that everybody in the bourbon aisle left when he started yelling. There were people reaching for that bottle. I had a religious experience in the middle of the bourbon aisle at Liquor Barn in Lexington, Kentucky. And I had to shout it to the world to let everybody know that I am I'm in never bourbon gonna be allowed heaven. back there, by and the way. And it wasn't just, you know, hey, I'm in, I mean, he like yelled. And at that moment, it. ten people decided that they didn't need the bottles that they had in their hands. And or they put Jesus. them down and walked off. They need to go outside and find Jesus after that. They were <laughs> Did they leave the bottles or did they just grab a bottle no, and run? they left them. There was a guy. There was a guy <laughs> they it, were mid-reach. They wanted that bottle. <laughs> there was a guy that was literally mid-reach. Oh, no, it's not worth it. So no, not worth it. it. And they recoiled <laughs> so quickly. It was amazing. I just have that effect on people. <laughs> Is there something wrong with that? I mean, I'm excited about my hobby. It, it, it is my passion. You don't get to see which, things like which this. Which we're looking across the table here at my friend Tim Gunderman, and he is all about the things that we are passionate about. And if that's not why we're, why we're here, I don't know why we're here. Can we can we get Cletus some Woodford Reserve, y'all? <laughs> get some I am Woodford about Reserve. to enter Bourbon Heaven for the second time today. If Wait, they, how many they, times have you had Woodford Reserve in your life? I've never had it because it is so rare. You cannot find that in the normal stores. When you put down 15 cents at a time, it takes a long it, time it to get a bottle of that. It takes me a lot of work there. 15 cents. Look, I, I, I just want you to know that this is your future. My future is bourbon. Your future is bright. It's reserved. Is it so bright you have to wear shades? No. No, it's not Dustin. Oh, Shut up. Oh, okay. No. I'll just over and look great to I just want to know if he wants to drink it with or without a straw. <laughs> hey, Jason. Get that with a straw. Is that Casey over there? Casey, why, do I, why do I have I to have a straw? Just because I got bad teeth? Because I look no, like it's Austin because it tastes, better. it tastes better. It tastes better it tastes with better. a straw. Wait, at least that's what Wait, she hold said. on. It tastes better <laughs> with a straw? Yeah, How did good. I not know this? I thought it was better on ice. <laughs> it comes but out on a, a concentrated portion better? of your tongue. Look, if you don't brush your teeth for three weeks. Hey, hey, hey. I brush my teeth I'm just twice letting you every know. three weeks. Look at this. It's legitimately... 
Woodford Resort with with a straw in a Ross glass. Well, a little, a little dab will do you. (laughs) A little, a little dab will do you, folks. Woodford through a straw. This is this is Woodford. This is the first time I've ever had this delectable treat. No, no, this is standard standard Woodford. This is the regular Woodford. It is is one of the most rare bottles that I've ever looked upon. I tell you, it's, it's a really beautiful bottle. It's nice and square. It's a flat front. You can, you can, if you wanted to, you could take a marker and write on it and, and <laughs> put something really cool on there. Um, but it's square. It fits real nicely in, in a back pocket if you've got the smaller <laughs> bottles. Um, the big bottles, though, you, you might have to put it down your, your pants and just pull your belt real tight. So this is the first time you've ever had is Woodford Reserve. This is the first time I've had Woodford. And, man, I've, I've heard it's better than Pappy. Um, so, gosh, dang, I'm, I'm so excited about this. All right, y'all. Cletus, I, w- I want you to do one thing for me. I want got? you to take a big sip and give me every single tasting note you can find on that bad boy. Isn't there like 200 of them? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> when he says sip, he says sip through a straw. Go it. <laughs> and there he goes right now using the straw. I swear to God, people. Mmm. <laughs> Good lord, that that is heaven on earth right there. I just um, want to let on, everybody. I got um. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Had to take my teeth out for a second. <laughs> Tasting note number take one. Take teeth out because it's getting serious paint up in thinner. here. Paint thinner is number one. Um, Tasting note number two is um, chocolate mothballs. And taste note number three. You said you wanted all of them. I've got um, I've got vanilla wafers dipped in um. Dipped in some kind of um, ranch dressing. <laughs> is I'm not that sure Hidden Valley or is that like store brand? No, it's the store. It's the store ran a light. So, it's really, so, so is it like the, it's light it's and like creamy. the Walmart stuff? It's, right? Like Sam's Choice? Yeah, it's not even dark. It's all light and creamy. So okay. okay Was so it I'm better through a straw? Did it taste better through a straw? Let me get another taste. I never had it before. <laughs> um, but I tell you, the straw makes the kick just. Uh, I feel like a mule kicked me in the chest. They they talk about that. Uh, um, the Kentucky hug. All so the I, time? Don't, I don't think we have enough time for all of your tasting notes. What about the finish? Let me get one more taste here. Okay. He's going to go in back for another sip. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, think I've ever seen anyone drink bourbon from a straw. I hate it. The finish. <laughs> I hate it so much. It upsets me on the, so many levels. I kind of want to try the finish, it. <laughs> Tim's like, get me a straw right well, get now. Some, get some of that Pappy Jr. right there. <laughs> oh, there's two straws. A little straw and a big straw. <laughs> Pappy it's Jr. Pappy 23 months. <laughs> um, mm. The, mm. the finish on uh, it really... You, um, it comes in like a lion and, and leaves like a lamb. You think that you're going to get a monster in the sheets, but you really, <laughs> but you don't. You get you get this little cuddly, cuddly lamb. Wait, like stop, a teddy bear? Stop. We talking no, like koala? No, no, Cletus. What? This is a family-friendly show. Oh, so, oh wait, I thought this was. No, no, um, no. Well, we're not on Howard Stern. So we're not having uh, coitus relations with sheep. Um, so it's not like it's not like the time. Cletus, that, Cletus, what? Cletus. It's going to be in your best interest if we clap you off right now, ladies and gentlemen. Cletus, Cletus thank you. Well, Cletus, hey, hey, it's not my fault. Y'all don't understand the farmers' it's okay. rating system. It's all right, thank you buddy. for having me, Perry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I'm just going to say right now that. 
I don't think I'm entirely opposed to drinking bourbon through a straw. It's, it's, <laughs> is that I, the it, new it, thing? It legitimately it's actually a totally different you know what? way some, of tasting bourbon. Some people really love beer through a straw, out of a can, and through a straw. You, <laughs> I mean, they're you, also... You haven't had Woodford until you had it through a straw. <laughs> now, there are times where I'll get a good old Miller High Life, and I'll use a crazy straw. Just because that's how I roll. I Come feel on. like you teased me there, Tim. You can't, you can't tell me right now that it didn't taste a little better through a straw. No one has lived until you have a Miller High Life out of a crazy straw. That's all I'm saying. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, yeah. I would like to bring up right now, though, a friend of mine who is shaking his head, but I would really, really love to have on. I think on. he's upset his kitty cats got beat tonight. Uh, oh. oh, I am totally throwing shade. All right, the floor is open for Casey users. Bright. Do you remember that movie? Um, no. Did no, they have a movie called uh, Kentucky? Oh, wait, they don't. That's called Deliverance. You remember that NCAA tournament you didn't make this year, Indiana Hoosier? This, so <laughs> all right. That's okay. Let's, um, we didn't have enough budget this year to so pay for everybody, but that's this, so. uh, no, Billy, stop. Billy Madison and all these movies that Adam Sandler did. One of the favorites of mine is the the golf movie. Help me out here. What am I missing? Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. So there's this moment in Happy Gilmore, the golf movie, where all these guys in green jackets are sitting at the bar, and they're like, hey, Happy, come with us. We're going to have a party. It's going to be on the 18th green at 9.30 p.m. Flash forward in the movie. He's sitting on the green. He's got a really nice coat on. He's sitting by himself. P.S. It's 9.30 p.m. right sitting, now. Sitting by himself is the key terminology here. And the sprinklers kick on. <laughs> so that was me in the Herod room about five minutes ago. Are you serious? When I realized that Perry, who said he was coming to the Herod Room to set up his podcast... Look, look, no, hold on, hold on, time out. Left me alone. Time out. (laughs) Time out. I was told about ten minutes before I was setting up that Nathan said it was okay for us to be in here. No, I think that's fantastic, except for the part that nobody told me! Casey, I I got a consolation prize for you. You need to have hey, Woodford reserved hey, through a hey, straw. So here I stand with a glass of whiskey and a steady diet of government cheese in a room by myself. You, Casey, seriously. You need, and I don't even know what to say right now. I, I you need to have Woodford reserved through a straw. I podcast seriously, and I've given up by now. What, what am We're I? Episode 70. Perry, I love It's you. officially off the rails. I love Woodford you. reserved I love through a straw. Buddy. What am I doing? What am I doing? Drink it, just drink it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Black cocktail straw. Okay. Hey, hey Casey, I didn't know if you knew. We moved it to the Owl's Nest. <laughs> <laughs> I know, missed what is it? What is it? We moved to the Owl's Nest. I didn't know if you knew that. I just wanted to give you a heads up. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't, I, doesn't Woodford Reserve taste so much better through a straw? It does. It does. I've heard it's interesting. Yeah, so I, I heard a half hesitant. I actually, there. as soon as I drank that, even with him saying that before, and that, that's pretty typical Woodford. I actually like Woodford, though. If I'm in a hotel and there's Happy Knob Junior. Creek. No, I mean, seriously. If you're traveling in your hotel and there's Knob Creek, Maker's Mark, and Woodford, which one do you grab? 
Okay, it's Woodford. Mm. Right. No. So it's not that it's debatable. Perry, no. Nope. Wait, what was the first option? Yeah, Knob Creek for me. Small batch? Yeah. I'm gonna pick Makers. Really? Yes. All right. So let let's why? I'm gonna pick Makers because from a flavor profile, I'm gonna get a little bit of that sweetness, a little bit of that cinnamon on the back, and it's just nice. Woodford. Well, I might change it now because I can drink it through a straw. But <laughs> total game changer, folks. Here, here's here's my point with Knob Creek. The proof is there. And the, the balance of the flavor is there. I think that Knob Creek Small Batch is one of the most approachable mid-tier whiskeys out there. I think that Woodford and Maker's Mark are fine. Sure. I think they are aggressively fine. But I think that Knob Creek is enough to push ahead of both of those whiskeys. Both of those bourbons. To where I would go, yes, please. Mm, I'm still going to stick by my maker's mark. I think that's fine. And I'm, I'm not, not going to be mad at you. And this it. is coming from a guy, I'm not a huge Weeder fan. But yeah. of the three, I think from like what packs the most punch, I think maker's delivers so more even, than all of them. Even though you're not a Weeder fan. Do you have a weeder that you typically gravitate towards? So I would say Weller 107, for sure, would be what I gravitate towards. As most of us do. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, like William LaRue Weller. So that's the thing, and that's tough, because when you're talking about weeders, generically, there's not a lot out there. Right. No. And if you really were to sit down and name them, in the in the experience, you gravitate towards Buffalo Trace, but the the one thing Buffalo Trace does that Makers doesn't is that they give it a couple more years. So if Makers were to come out tomorrow and say, "Let's do a, a Makers ten year," I would bounce on that so hard. <laughs> I mean, yeah. because weeders are expensive to make, and if you're going to do it right, they need a little more time. So so everybody else came along and figured that out, but Makers is still like. No offense, but they're they're living in the Stone Age. They haven't caught up and done all these new style releases that everybody else has. I think they're living in the Bourbon and Coke Age. They know what's up. Oh, well, I think yeah, that's they fair. do know what's up. No, but, they, but but they understand that they are a very specific market. Totally. But I, even if they came out with that at ten years old, but it was still ninety proof, would you still buy it? I think they, that Makers has already stepped into the cast strength market. So for them to do a 10-year, they could make it a different proof if they wanted to. If it were 90 proof, to be fair, yeah, I would buy it. I would. I would be, like, if they came out with it, I would be so interested into what that tasted like. And I would actually sit down and compare that to other weeders that are out there. Right. But they are so reluctant to do so because they don't have to. They can fill up bottles with water and put a horse on the front, and people are going to buy it. It's, I mean, it's what so it I, is. I but. see your point there. I think, though, if they released a, a Maker's 10, that it, the market wouldn't know how to respond. I think they would be like, is it an age statement? Is this regular mark Maker's that's now 10 years old? Is everything else going away? I don't think they would recognize what they're actually putting out, and they'd put the value in what we would put the value in from an age statement standpoint. Hmm. 
it's a uh, it's a generic market for sure, man. But absolutely. Um, Travis Gins, by the way, wants to throw in an opinion here. Okay, so when when you look at at Mictor, or not Mictor, excuse me, if you look at Maker's Mark, Maker's Mark is the quintessential beginner's bourbon. Heck yeah. Until you get into the cask strength, which is which is still kind of a beginner's cask strength. Makers knows their market. You know, they they know what it is. And the people that regularly drink makers would lose their minds moving into a 10-year product. Um, what what is the the age right now on current uh, makers product? About Just your standard. Seven. It's yeah. so seven. But it, but it's not age stated. So you put an age statement on something that has never had that and move it into a premier whiskey status of something that has a 10-year age dated. Um, I think people would absolutely lose their minds, even the people that started out 15 years ago drinking Makers, because that's what was fancy in college. Um, I think if they did that, they could take a large share of, of the market for about six months, and then it would it would calm down. So the question is, why aren't you, they doing and, it? <laughs> and, and, and yeah, besides the obvious, why aren't they doing it? Uh, and, and it's the same thing. There, there's so many good bourbons out there, but truthfully, what it comes down to is who has the best marketing. Heaven Hill has fantastic bourbon, but their marketing is a little bit like lesser in comparison to some other people. And the mar- maker's mark, when you're looking at them, they could do that 10 year, but instead somebody sat around and said, let's go pick a bunch of different types of wood. Well, and see, here's, here's the, the thing stakes. about Maker's Mark is is they have held to the line that this is how we made it 50 years ago. This Cocoa is, stays, This is though. how we're going to make it from now on, their standard product. Yeah. And then somebody lost their mind and decided that the private select barrels need to have right. wood chips thrown in it. I don't know who decided to do that. I'm, I, I will be honest i'm not a fan of the makers private select i don't talk bad on them i I love their products but me personally that's not my wheelhouse for a private pick you know i if i'm going to get a pick i want a single barrel of something that's unadulterated i don't know i don't know who decided to take wood chips or barrel staves and push them into the barrel and then continue aging them to change the the flavor profile based on that's the one out of ten staves I mean, it just it screams gimmick to me, and they've they've done very well doing it. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong; they know their business, but for my money, I'm not buying it. So at that point, we have to argue: is finishing a gimmick? I don't think it is. I'm going to disagree I, with I, everything you said. Actually, well, I think finishing is, by virtue of what it is, a gimmick. It is something that is different from your standard profile to attract a certain. Um, a certain buyer to a product. Um, sure. But there is a difference between taking um, wild turkey product and then short aging it in a sherry cask to make revival that brings a completely different profile out than aging with one out of five different options of barrel staves. You're mischaracterizing revival, though. Well, so bit, yes. here's I, what I think of when I think of this, and I'll, I'll throw it back to him. So I, on top of bourbon, I'm a big car guy. So when I think about this, the analogy for me is I grew up in love, absolutely in love with the American-style Ford Mustang. 
and you've got a Mustang. And then you look at the variants. You've got a Saline. You've got a GT 5.0. You go in and you've got all these variations, but when you look at it, you still know it's a Mustang. You know it is. It's just souped up. And my problem with the, not gimmicky necessarily, but the, the, the filtration system of the different flavors is if it gets so off base that you lose the profile and it loses its identity, do you really still see it as an actual maker's marker? Is it still that Mustang that you loved? And then if you lose that, in my opinion, that's where you've crossed a border that I don't think is acceptable as a bourbon. So I'm going to, I follow what you're saying. What I'm going to say is, is that if you take your same analogy and you put like saline on a Mustang or Roush or whatever it is, you're getting a style of Mustang. You are getting a, like a branding of Mustang. Yes, it's still a Mustang underneath, but people are paying extra money, a premium, to get the style and characteristic of that saline or that Roush. And so if you compare that to makers and how they're putting their staves and the different characteristics in there, it's different styles, right? And you're the one that gets to explore that. Just like if you were to buy a regular stock Mustang and you decide that I want a, I want a spoiler on the back and I want a front fairing on the front and that's it, right? That's a combination of you putting your own style on that. And makers is just doing that for you. Well, I get that. I think Makers has become the Fast and the Furious of bourbon, to your analogy that I've used, because there are unrecognizable Honda Civics out there driving around that really, really are trying their best to be a Supra. By the and they way, just can't do it. Do we lose everybody already? Who's, no, I'm just saying. Who's trying to alter their Honda Civic? I'm, I, you know what? Everyone tries to alter their Honda Civic because without the spoiler, without the the fuzzy dice it's just a honda Civic. fair enough yeah. fair enough <laughs> anyway go ahead casey i'm so, sorry no it's you're fine it, it's it may be poor analogies I, I just think if makers were to sit back and say take the the stave game out of it let's just do a 10 a 12 let's do a 20-year makers who in here would not buy a 20-year makers i, I absolutely I would totally buy not a 10 chance. a 15 a 20 makers a 20 year. i'm i am i am by virtue not a weeder fan I, I'm not a huge Weeder fan. I'm, I'm not a fan of uh, most of the E.H. Taylor line. I like them, but that's not my wheelhouse. Um, makers, I love Makers. Um, it is typically my, my go-to because it's all that's available at certain events. And um, I like it, but only so far. But I love your analogy of the Mustang and customization to, to represent the customization of a bourbon, but I, as a person who is not a huge Weeder fan, would pay extra money for an age-dated 10-year makers. I think a 15-year makers, I would pay more money than the 10-year. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I would, I would buy into that if they would age their product longer. Right. And so, and makers, so makers is still the only distillery that rotates their stock. So make nobody rotate thing. We're begging you. We're absolutely begging you. Well, that I I think that's the thing too. It we we have to establish this. I do not hate makers. No, no, by any no, 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 no. I think that they are very good at what I just, they I'm do. I'm just curious. But I I want to you know Denny Potter just moved there from Heaven yeah. Hill. I mm-hmm. think that he is bringing so much talent to that distillery, so much talent to that game, that. If he doesn't change up what they're releasing, 
it will be a waste. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I think that they have the potential for for a longer longer aging and and a little be a little bit more selective with their barrels. Um, they rotate their stock uh, in the warehouses to maintain an absolute zero on taste profile. And they tell they, you that they want. Yes, they're they're very adamant at making sure people know they have a flavor profile that they're going across the board. That's what we want. And I think that they're, they're living in the past. Um, they could advance their product into the future with the younger generations and get something that's more eclectic per batch. So if you look at a single barrel or if you look at, um, even a very small batch, you could change your flavor profile just a little bit and people would go wild for it. You're right. Just to get something different because as a weeder, it's a good weeder. But if you always do the same thing, you'll never advance. I, so, so here's what I think with Maker's Mark. I think they're a victim of their own legacy. Exactly. Right? So yes. they have always been Maker's Mark. They have always delivered a consistent product. Nail meat head. And so then okay. when you're asking them to do something out of the box... Right, they're already doing that. Right, they they could come back and say, "I'm already doing that. I'm doing different barrel staves. I have I have all these variations of makers. I'm releasing cast strength. I've done makers 46, right? And they have, but their their baseline market, their tried and true, what everyone goes to, that's their bread and butter. So if they deviate too far from that. How do they have room to experiment? How do they have room to release other aged products where people are going to be able to really recognize the difference unless it's so polarizing, dramatic? I mean, how? I see both sides of this. Makers has... uh, So Makers has standard products. You have your standard Makers, you have your Makers 46, and you have your cask strength, right? That's that's really it. But Makers has 500 different products. Okay. Did, you, did y'all know this? That Makers has 500 or so different products. You know why? Because people go crazy for the... Di- nope. Makers has 500 different products because people go wild for the different color wax on them. Um, you look at the, just, you look at the Justified on. bottle. No, wait, hold on. No. We're talking about two different things. No, You're no, talking no. about packaging. Listen, yes. listen to and, what I'm, what I'm saying. We're talking about... The juice that's in the bottle. Listen to what I'm saying. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm gonna let you finish. Listen to what I'm, I'm saying. Let you finish. But. What I'm saying. <laughs> the average Joe that walks into a liquor store has zero clue that the juice inside of a Justified bottle is exactly the same as a standard $15 bottle of Makers. But because they have the genius of marketing, they can market it as this is a different bottle. You need to have this bottle. You need to have this bottle. So they put they put their energy into marketing a different bottle and a, and a special release bottle. Same juice. Same whiskey. So it almost sounds like you're Where, talking about Buffalo Trace. Oh. So, yeah, we can make this argument with a lot of other distillers. I mean, you're, and, you're exactly and I'm right. agreeing with your analogy, and but to, if you think of BT1 and how many different bottles it goes into, and, and to you're segue not wrong. into other. So it's there. I like the analogy. But to his point, you yep. can't just sit there and call it Maker's Mark. And I'm yep. almost disagreeing with myself when I say this, but you might have to have a pr- different product name for it. Instead of mm-hmm. just saying Maker's yes. Mark 10, it might need to be sure. something completely different. Your branding's too strong in the Makers for you to be able to do that. Well, I, th- I think that's why 
they were trying to expand. I still love you. <laughs> I, it, I actually take you way more seriously when you have more than two teeth. So this is great. <laughs> Who are you talking about? <laughs> uh, no, you know what's cool, though, is I actually had a lot of time to think about this by myself in the room on the other side of the hotel, so it was great. Before you <laughs> came in to the podcast. <laughs> when, 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 yeah, and, and just I'm to sorry. shift the focus a little bit, thank you all for having me on the show. I'm sure there are other of people course. that want to talk on Oh, this, we're going to get everybody else on yeah. at some point. But I just wanted to say this before I hopped off. Um, I've been listening to your show um, for a long time now, believe thank it or not. You. It's, uh, I appreciate what you do, and... Um, you uh you have a lot of soul in your show, and I mean that sincerely because you you come out and you you care, and it, it's exemplified and it's very pure that you care about what you're talking thank about. You, so I just want to say thank you for that, and I'm gonna pass the mic to somebody else. So I'm tired of talking. I'm gonna drink a little bit. <laughs> yeah, get on the mic before before you go because we got onto this, which was kind of the segue of the many different products. L- looking at the Buffalo Trace. Um, the different mash bills and how many different products on each mash bill there are. Um, we had the opportunity to try different variations this weekend of Buffalo Trace mash bills. So out, out of what we were able to taste and the knowledge that you have, like what is, what is your favorite mash bill? BT1. And so BT one. So for those that don't know, is what what and products are BT one? Yeah. So I, it's simple for me because all of them. I I can go out and I can go into a store and if they've got a store select Buffalo Trace, it's money. So I can do a Buffalo Trace pick, but also one of my favorite bourbons of all time is George T Stag, and to be able to actually extrapolate that out and say that I'm drinking the same recipe just a larger age variation or anything between age stated Eagle Rare back in the day when it actually had a 10-year on it. I, I just like the recipe, and, and I would prefer that personally over the weeder recipe any day of the week. Good question. I think that's fair. I can get yeah. behind that. One of the coolest things for me, by the way, um, as we move on into the, the rest of the episode, is the fact that this isn't just a weekend for people who love whiskey but the fact that those who love whiskey can bring their significant others along and apparently some of them have palates that are so good that it's gonna wind up on a bottle i'm super jealous of that I, by the I, way. I, I i'm not gonna talk too much about that because i don't think i'm allowed to um but i i, I think it's important to talk about the extension of the community to a degree, even though you all are so entrenched in it. And I'm, I, I'm not trying to, I don't want to isolate you all in terms of this conversation because you're a, you're a whiskey drinker, Jen. Nat, you have a fantastic palate. <laughs> but I think that it's really important to talk about the people who support us in the whiskey drinking community. And for so many of us, that's our significant other. And I think that that Jen and Nat are really specific and, and important aspects of that. So first off, I want to say thank you guys for sitting down with me. Um, 
Second off, I wish that you guys could come to Louisville next month for the Women of Bourbon podcast. Oh, my um, God. That would be amazing. <laughs> Please, come. I, I would be happy to have you all. Um, but I, I, I want to ask both of you individually, what is it not just about this community, but the fact that this is basically alcohol? Why does this separate your expectations or your understanding of what this community is from, say, beer or vodka or wine? Or gin, sure. Yeah, <laughs> and so I like gin. I do. Go ahead. Yeah, so, um, so I'm a psychologist, and... Um, I'm really Let's interested talk later. in <laughs> in, in um, experiencing things and to have soulful experiences. And this is Nat, by the way. I just want to point that out. Um, Natalie Herndon and expanding <laughs> your um, your depth and breadth of experience and uh, making relationships and making connections. Um, and it's not just about the connections with people, but with place. You know, and uh, history and mythology, and like it's just uh, it has its own all. You know, it has its own culture, and it's accessible because anybody can go to a bar and try whiskey, you know, or bourbon, and um, you know, and it helps you kind of identify, you know, what you love about whiskey and bourbon, but also you know about yourself, and uh, you get to share and identify different characteristics about yourself and about what you like so anyway and I like to you know I like to drink <laughs> <laughs> don't, and you don't do we it, all you do it very well though thank Nat. you you do there's something really different about the bourbon community number one there aren't a lot of us women that really get into bourbon and I hear you. so Amen. people ask me all the time uh my husband and i live in birmingham alabama and there are a couple of bourbon societies there and we're not a part of those because it's yeah it's mostly men and people who you know they get into the ridiculous descriptions of what's what and like you know, I'm not, I am so not as articulate as Natalie when it comes to, you know, identifying what I like, but I can't, I can't pick out those crazy tasting notes like you can, but no one looks down on me for that. Everyone here respects me and respects my opinions and what I like and don't like just as much as they do Natalie. So we really are much more of a community. Travis Gins, by the way. So... For you and and for Nat here shortly, you know what it is it what is it that got you into bourbon? Was it your husband, or was it that you got into it and then got him? My wife um, is slowly dipping her toe into the world of bourbon. Um, she prefers certain things and knows what she likes. It, do you did you come into it with an open mind of okay, I might like this, I might not, but that's not the only thing that there is. I can try different things and find what I like. Um, or was it just, hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm going to participate because my husband's BTW. here. <laughs> you so, know. No, actually. Um, so I was a wine drinker and a vodka drinker. Um, and we actually got invited to one of our friend's house um, who 
um, is very much into bourbon, and he invited us to a blind tasting. And I was the only woman willing to sit in and do the tasting of all the bourbons. And I actually found my gateway bourbon that night was Angel's Envy. And I really love that, that finish that's on that. Um, and so we pretty much got started that same night. And that was six months ago. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, my so. gosh. <laughs> well, you're, you're spoiled now after yeah. this weekend. Wait, no kidding. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so we, we have been bourbon hunting. We drove down to Florida, and I think in the last six months, we've probably picked up 120 bottles of bourbon. Holy smokes. Wow. We don't do anything halfway. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> My, yes, my hi. I would like to start a bourbon collection in six months. My my father-in-law says if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. That's right. So that's awesome. So, and I will say that I, other than tasting some experimental things at a couple of distilleries, right? I've not gone back to wine or vodka since. It's all bourbon, hundred percent. Look, vodka and sucks. And so. <laughs> I love vodka. Right, yes. So come on. Um, I'm sorry. Previously, I I liked Dalwini and Redbreast and um, Irish, um, you know, Irish whiskeys. But um, I love just like I said, experiencing new things. And we probably have almost every liqueur that you can find in a liquor store at our house, because we just buy unique, different things, and we tend to be collectors. And so. We had previously been into wine and uh, wine and cheese pairing and things like that, and you know have found what we loved in wine, found what we loved in cheese, and then kind of moved to whiskey and bourbon. And um, you know, it, it's it can be a really affordable hobby. You know, like you can get really good stuff that's not that expensive, and also. It's a sharing kind of thing. Jason Newman, my husband, he loves bringing people over, and he says he's curating a tasting uh, collection, you know, because he loves to bring people over and just give them a tour of all the whiskeys. I know? love that. So, obviously, though, your palate wasn't made overnight. And I, I, I say that because Dixon freaking Deadman looked at you and said, you're exactly right. Oh and, and and we were tasting the whiskey, and I'm I'm not gonna name it. I'm not gonna. It doesn't matter. But Dixon was so amazed and surprised. But what was it that helped you shape your palate? Was it cooking? Was it drinking? Was it just eating? Pretty much. <laughs> and 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 also I'm a. I, I previously had been a master gardener, and I love flowers and no things kidding. like that. And so I know a lot about about that. And then I'm a foodie and, um, you know, and then the wine and the cheese tastings right. and things, all that help. Yeah. Well, just so everybody knows. Now, now you started out drinking wine that, that is, is I, if I remember Newman said earlier, like, that that's where you kind of developed your palate. And then you have recently forayed into bourbon and whiskey right yeah i um the first time i ever saw a tasting note um was on a syrah and it was blackberry and dark chocolate i'm like oh i want some of that you know but so i kind of i kind of think in that way whenever i'm drinking you know uh, because that was kind of my first experience 
So when we were tasting earlier, just so everybody knows, one of the things that you pulled out from what we were drinking was plum. You said plum. And I love to be prompted. And so when you said plum, I don't think I've ever heard anyone describe anything as having plum. And that was on that stag, right? Yeah. So what what's funny about that is I get plum consistently on stag. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm I'm upset that I didn't pick that up <laughs> when we were doing that tasting. <laughs> but sure enough, though, it was blind, so I wasn't gonna. Yeah, no, and, none and, of us knew what I mean, we were like, drinking. I, and and I I think that I associate that maybe not so much with the drink itself, but with maybe with that brand. Yeah, I don't know for sure, but the fact that blind, that went. That was amazing. It's plum. It's mm-hmm. dark chocolate. It's all these awesome things. So with us, we had, um, obviously, Dixon Deadman's was, was leading that tasting. But down at the other end of the table where I was at, we had Dan the Bearded Dram, who, if anybody knows, has the most absolute amazing palate out of most people any of us know. And I heard him go, wow, that is amazingly specific. And she sounds like she has a good palate. This was three or four comments that I'm paraphrasing. Sure. But but he said the first word out of his mouth was "wow." You know, and, and he yeah. basically I can't I can't believe that she picked that those notes like that's hyper specific for somebody that you would not expect if you looked at her to be a bourbon tasting so guru. And innocent. And she, but she is so sweet and so amazing. And and Dan Dan who picks barrels several times a week uh, on on many occasions it's several barrels a week was thoroughly impressed with this sweet little lady who came to Utah via uh, Mississippi and I I think that is the highlight of his weekend was watching you sure. do your work because he came back later when you were doing tasting notes for an unnamed bourbon and an unnamed rye. Um, that those notes are probably going to be used in a product release. You can probably figure that out yourself. If you no, it's not something that, that was Dis- Dixon Deadman products. So, I don't know. So, can but I, I, so I, I watched and took pictures of them just silently comparing notes yep. between Natalie and, uh, and Dixon. And it was, it was one of the weirdest experiences to, to have from afar because I wasn't involved in it. I just got to witness them quietly taking sips. And writing down their notes. Um, no, no, so I agree. So the only thing I was going to add to it is it really speaks to the bourbon community. If you think about it, you had multiple levels of experience at that tasting table. She calls out plum. Every single person, regardless of how much they've tasted or not, turns their head on a swivel and says, I absolutely agree with that. And... Everyone learned something at that moment. I learned that I need to be a little bit more specific with my vocabulary. I also need to expand my vocabulary because I get stuck in the same old caramel, vanilla, dark chocolate, almond. She says plum, and I'm like, why am I not thinking about plum? And and I, I hear plum, and my immediate thought is dark fruit. Sure. I'm not I'm not yeah, placing absolutely. it in that way. Yeah. But what what I think is so cool and I I'm I'm trying to tie it back into my original question in, in <laughs> some in some perspective, but understanding that 
Whiskey is no longer a men's game. Mm -mm. It's no longer about the boys. No way. And no, and and Jen and Nat, you all are very specific instances of that. Yes. And a, I'm happy that we were able to connect with you all this week. And B, thank you for what you all are doing in this community. Because even though you might not realize it, you are doing <laughs> the whiskey lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> the, we are the, reality, the reality is is the ladies the ladies really are the future of this industry. I agree. Because because men have had the game for so long and, and I am by no means advocating for for any point of view. No, women bring so much to the table that people have taken for granted for years because nobody believed that women have the wherewithal to survive in the bourbon community. The reality is women's tasting palates far exceed a man's, just based on physiology. And it is amazing to watch these, these ladies come into the hobby and the craft and start making a difference where people start turning heads and realizing, oh, crap, you know, our number's up. That's, I mean, so I think about it. So with, with that, we're... No, he's going to sit down with us. Liz, Liz Henry has graced us with her presence this weekend. Yes. And we would love for her to come and, and speak to... Please. W women, women becoming masters... I have in totally lost control over my own yes. podcast, by yeah. the way. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's it's, it's the okay. cleanest it's the cleanest podcast now. Um, <laughs> I, so I think I think about this completely differently. I don't see gender on whiskey at all. Amen, brother. I the way that I look at it is it's about who you're willing to share it with. Well, and well you were you were correct, but for too long people have had that opinion that men are where it's at because bourbon and whiskey has always been an old boys club. That's, and and that's where I, and, I and I hate that Liz yeah. Liz is Liz is fuming over here. Yeah, you should be <laughs> it is, fuming. It is you should no be longer a man's world. At that statement. It is no but longer is. a man's world in the in the <laughs> bourbon world because, like I said earlier, women's palates physically, like the physiology of a woman's body, their palate far outstrips a man's. They can taste things that none of us could ever dream of. So, but before we move on to Liz, who is. Wonderful, and I'm so happy she's sitting down with us. I have to say thank you so much to Nat and Jen for yes, sitting down with you. us because you all are fantastic, and I I am thank so you. absolutely. So this so this is interesting because I tread with caution when it comes to talking about any gender specific when it comes to drinking anything, right? So yeah. women, men, if you bring in bourbon, whiskey, scotch, whatever. I don't really believe that it has anything to do with gender. I think it has everything to do with what people want it to be. Sure. And so they bring their own biases into that. So yeah. if I were to ask you, if I were to ask you, like, what's a woman's drink? How would you answer that? Okay, so for, for no, I'm, Liz, I'm going to throw it to you in a second. Cut no. this out, Perry. So here's no. the deal. That's so, a loaded question. So There is no right answer for, to that. For a man, no, to ask a man, what is a woman's drink? I will tell you what my wife chose to drink the other night just on a Wednesday night. My wife cracked open uh, a bottle of Wild Turkey Decades Batch 2. She had Mickers, Michter's 10-year from okay. 2018. And she had a small taste of, of 2017 GTS. It doesn't matter if she's a male or a female. 
it's bourbon and it's good and she's gonna drink what she likes. Sure. See, I, I'm, I'm. Can you chime in on this, please? Can, there's wait, no, wait, wait, there on. is no such thing. Hold you're on, in. two seconds. Yeah, you're Because I, I, I have, I, I want to finish kind of what Travis is saying. Okay. But my wife is not a whiskey drinker by any stretch. Not yet. Uh, we're, we're getting there. Not we're getting yet. there. But if she has Wild Turkey 101 in a Norland glass, it's her jam. It's her absolute jam. Every now and then, though, she has a bourbon in just a regular rocks glass that she loves. But on a regular basis, she's a wine drinker. She's a gin drinker. So for me, a woman's drink is indeterminable. Okay. It's indescribable. And that's because... I, I, I am of that same mindset of I will have whatever tastes good. If you give me the best gin and tonic in the world, I'm going to drink the crap out of it. I, it doesn't have to be whiskey. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Sure. So, but I... Chime in. You <laughs> chime in. Liz, Liz, Henry, Liz, Liz Henry, is looking at me like, like so he, don't... I think they're digging themselves into a hole. <laughs> Over the edge. Yes. This is Liz's wheelhouse. Okay, all right. I'm going right to shut now. up so Liz can talk. Yes. But I'm sorry. I have too many things to say. And I'm going to I'm gonna stop talking because you ago. deserve to have the, the floor. The first thing I'm going to say is we always tell people to treat bourbon like a good red wine. So if you are Amen. a wine drinker, if you're a vodka drinker, it's because you aren't there yet. It's because you haven't had enough good bourbons in the right environment to feel good about it, to feel comfortable about it, to taste the tastes. Once you taste the tastes, I was a vodka girl. It's why I'm married today, because of vodka. And vodka is odorless, colorless, flavorless. It's nothing. But to talk about women's drinks, to talk about what women like, Number one, the most rapidly growing segment of bourbon drinkers is women. Right now, women. In what age group? Amen. It's not it just youngsters. It's it women matter. who have mature taste, who have already done vodka, who have already done wine, who have already done all the other things, and now they not only like it, they deserve it. They want to drink it. They enjoy Amen. it. The very Amen. first event that I was invited to when we launched our bourbon it was Madison Cocktail Week, which is our big city. And I got asked by our distributor to speak at gender equity in the spirits industry. Yeah, but I said, like, seriously? That's what you're going to call it? You know, gender equity in the spirits industry. That's and I subsection thought, that sounds, C <laughs> That sounds very 1960s. It sounded so dry. Like, I was like, okay. I was so lucky because the woman who was a moderator was a bar manager. The other woman on the panel was the woman who was the distiller at George Dickel at the time. And the woman who was owner of a bar and restaurant that had all the stars in Milwaukee. Fabulous woman who developed bar menus and cocktails and knew everything about every drink you ever wanted to have. We sat up there and the room was full. And it was full of men and women. And everybody in the room was interested in what's going on in the bar industry. Why? 
are women feeling like they aren't equal in my bar where I'm working and I need women in my bar because I need as many of them as I need men, the whole situation. So we decided that there was a need here that was unmet. So we started a group and yeah, we don't discriminate against men, but it's called Spirited Women. And this group meets in the Madison area. Sometimes we go to the Milwaukee area. We've raised over almost $10,000 for the Rape Crisis Center. We help all the bars in train everybody in safe serve training so that they know what they're doing. They know when something's not really like it should be when somebody's being aggressive. And it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. You can violate the rules of good drinking. But when it comes to taste, I think everybody just needs yeah. to know that the biggest advantage of bourbon is, I think you said it, who you're going to share it with, how you're going to enjoy it. When Dixon said, I just think it's all about celebrating. Our tagline is reward yourself. And sometimes you reward yourself because you made it to Friday. And, and remind <laughs> us, or our, our, our tagline is who? Remind, remind us what, what you represent, what company you represent. J. Henry and Sons Wisconsin Straight Bourbon. And we've been making bourbon a decade this year. We have wild turkeys on our farm. But we shoot him. So can I share a story about today? So Please. I went to so I went to Castle and Key today, and it's absolutely beautiful. It is. Marianne Barnes is doing a phenomenal job with what she's doing, and she's so a rock star. One of the things that I noticed there, and I had a conversation with someone that was there as well, that was one of the tour guides, is that they were so excited to talk to me about how she's introducing more females and women into Absolutely. whiskey and the workplace and who she's bringing in. And when I looked around and I saw a majority, majority of female one. staff versus men's staff at Castle and Key, I was overjoyed by that. I walk into Castle and Key and I go, this is home. This is how things are supposed to be. This is the community that is being built right now. This is our and future. Bourbon. And totally. this is our future. We, we, to, to the, my thought on it is, you know, without change, there is no innovation. Absolutely. And, and we need more women in the industry because it brings a fresh point of view because they've not, sadly, not been allowed for many years to break into positions that are traditionally held by men. Master distillers is a position that is primarily yeah. held by men until what, two years ago Pretty when the much. first master distiller who was a female was announced, who has done amazing things. Fairly recent, but you know, women are the people who started the whole distilling and whiskeys and spirits industry. But wait, are you are you talking history about things that people don't ever realize that <laughs> women have been a primary <laughs> factor forefront. in the bourbon industry <laughs> since the 1910s and before that? I mean, before are, that. are you really going to actually I'm tell us history? There. And if you want to wow. hear more about that, you can come to the Silver Dollar on April 6th in Louisville for the Women of Bourbon. Th this is what's crazy. Is since the 1800s, women have been involved in, in the whiskey yeah. industry. But because they were forced to take a backseat to men, who took all the credit, they weren't given their proper due. And, and it is only recently through discovering uh, old documents and things that we find out how big of a role women really had. And, and 
since 2000 AD when they were the ones who fermented fruits and gathered that stuff and put it into a goat gut. That was, you know, the beginning of spirits. I don't understand why anybody would look at a pile of rotted fruit that had flies on it and was fermented and bubbly and, and say, say, hey, that looks really tasty. Let's try that. And then say, let's try that again. Let's because do that it again. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and, Tim, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. So I, if I want, I want to kind of bring this all home. And so to me, it doesn't matter what you're drinking. When it comes to what you drink, it's about the invitation to drink. Absolutely. If you're inviting someone to drink with you, it doesn't matter what you're drinking. It doesn't matter who they are, what gender they are, what religion they are. It any, doesn't matter any of that. Nothing matters. The invent, in, invitation of that is what matters, right? So if you're not inviting everyone to drink with you, then you're not doing it right. I absolutely agree. It's all about the sharing. Absolutely. That's where bourbon is the was, most beneficial thing yep. because it takes longer. It slows you sure. down. It makes you stop and think. Whiskey is meant to be shared yeah. is, is a phrase that is said at every single one of <laughs> our tastings with my local group out in West Texas. And, and, it's, <laughs> and it's, always, it's always the same people, but we it's funny that we always say, hey, this bottle is like a serious bottle. Are you sure you want to open this and share us? Share it with us. And every time someone says, it's meant to be shared. And it doesn't matter if it's me, if it's my wife, because at the end of the day, it's the, the friendships and the bonds that you make over the bourbon that really matter. You could, you could be pouring out a $10 bottle or a $200 bottle. If you don't have someone that's with you that is worth sharing that bottle with, what's the point of drinking it? I would agree with Just that. Just like Tim said, I would agree it's all about who you invite to the party to share it with. But I also think it's really exciting that some of you who didn't get your spouses to come this year oh, have Lucy them, will be here next have year. Have them talking about <laughs> it because it ends up being a lot more fun for all of us. And those of us who are with spouses, great. Those of us who are not. That's okay, too. I'm here with a friend who I really enjoy drinking bourbon with. She's a blast. I've been down to Kentucky many times for bourbon women's events, and none of those events are meant to exclude men, but they were kind of developed to create a safe space for women to feel like, hey, yeah, we can sit at the table and order a flight but and that feel shouldn't, really good about it, too. And we That get, shouldn't be the case, though. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be a... But as long I, as I'm, it exists... I'm a part of a small community. Mm-hmm. Women should be part of the larger community, which is bourbon and whiskey. The challenge is the women who started this organization are the queens. Like, we come into... A distillery tour, it. and we feel like we are it. royalty because <laughs> when Peggy No Stevens, who, who started the Bourbon amazing. Women's Group, bad ass woman, amen. When she walks into the door and says, "We're going to do a tour at this distillery or this new restaurant," people literally go, "Oh my gosh, Peggy's coming!" And they roll out the red carpet and they welcome all of us, and we get an experience non-parallel. 
And it's not meant to exclude. It's an opportunity to see the things awesome. that we might not have Absolutely. seen before. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. It's the relationship. So, and that's I, I look at that as non-gender. I look at that as right. the relationship. Right. This, this took such a weird turn <laughs> that did. I didn't anticipate so, it, it to. Did. But I, I just, I, I want to say that this community is what I want whiskey to be. And I think that everybody should strive to expect this and enjoy this from a, 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 a bourbon drinkers group, mm -hmm. from a whiskey drinkers yeah. group. And this is the model. You all set the tone. The beautiful thing about this community, this group in particular, is that no one doesn't feel welcome. Exactly. Totally. Everyone walks in the door. Yep. It doesn't matter what your level yeah. of expertise or your experience is. You walk in the door and you feel like, hey, we're all here. We're all having a good time. What do you think about this? Exactly. Totally. What is your favorite? Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Well, my, my favorite is that Woodford Reserve. Oh, gosh. How did, how did Cletus get the microphone? Sneaky. <laughs> So can I tell you guys a secret about this weekend? So I, so I brought my wife with me. And the only reason I brought her was not just because I wanted to spend a ton of time with her, because I always love spending time with her. It was because I just wanted her to realize that all the people that I talk to online and through text messaging, they're real. They're like real people. We are, we are real people. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. Is finding out that these people aren't like I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm all right. I legitimately spend more time online talking to most of these guys. Yep. In in private chat messages, in text messages with several, um, liking their stuff on Instagram, them liking my stuff on Instagram. I spend more time with most of the men and women in the podcasters than I do my own children. Um, I, I love my children, but they is Clemus back right now? Is that, was that, was that Clemus? <laughs> but the reality is, I, I spend an inordinate amount of time interacting with these amazing people, and to see them totally. in the flesh, yes, it's a is, treat. Is the best gift that I could have ever given myself. And they're real. They're real people. <laughs> you do have friends, I have, and they are. I have real, real friends. I swear. <laughs> well, this was my first opportunity to meet a lot of these people. And you're right. We've been friends over the internet, yeah. talking to each other. This is great. Thank you, Liz, for, for coming. And, yeah, thank and you very much. Hey, um, thank you. that was one of the best conversations we've ever had on this podcast. So thank you all so much for being a part of it. Testing one, two, testing. Thank you for having us on your show, Perry. New phone. Who dis? <laughs> All right, Perry, drive, buddy. We're here. I'm trying to, but where the heck are we? Um, there's a bourbon glass with a, two straws in it. It is the podcast <laughs> Whiskey Weekend Batch 1. I want to make sure that gets in there. For you know what I did? You know what I did at the top of the show? Probably just not enough. I said, I said this weekend could not exist with these two guys. And I was talking about you all. And I know Liz I'm, is about to get rowdy. Liz just shows Liz up and she goes, Liz has been rowdy since Thursday. So what I wanted to ask you guys about, was, and I'm talking like the Greece apparently. 
What I want y'all to ask about. Hurry I up, wanna, I'm going to pass out I before you get I want to talk done. about this weekend. But the, this weekend, this weekend, you this mean the weekend. one that should not exist without that guy? Joshua Steely from Buffalo Trace. Yeah, we we need we need to talk about Joshua Steely here. Or Legit, the, or no. that guy. This is the MVP. No, 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 no. Nothing happened this weekend without Jesus, without Dixon Deadman, and without Joshua Steely. All right, so y'all Joshua- ever woke up and been in the middle of a dream? <laughs> but it actually ended up What's being real. About you in a dream? Oh my God! Hashtag living my best life. Just don't. If you delete my channel, I will. I will so be pissed. So the the point in all of this, the point in all of this. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get down to it. I was trying to ask you guys. Yeah, go ahead. So this this weekend. Yes, sir. This weekend. Yeah. Has been a lot of fun. But you know what I've seen? You know I mean, what I've, the jury's still out on that. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's actually, it's, it's, actually, it's actually not. The jury's not out. No, it's, where's the jury? This is real big fun. Who's that fun? Can we talk to Joshua? He knows more things than we do. I just want to say, say thank you all so much for building this community, for allowing us to come together and be a part of something that is so cool. The community built itself. I mean, these people are who they are because that's just who they are. I think that I think the community exists because um, people are tired of being pretentious. They're tired of being trying to people pretend are to be upset. people that they are. People not. are saying things like four-year-old whiskey. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I, I'm trying to, but I it's don't know who hard gave Will, Will a microphone. I'm going to go ahead. So, so there's, 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 a lot of, there's a lot of different mentalities you can take with whiskey, and I'm going to go ahead and say that um, uh, we just found the people that are good. I don't, yes, think, I don't think we created that. I think that they were that. I think that they just finally found a community and an outlet that could exist in that. And that's what I will say about that. That's it. And I think that's all that matters. So Can we, we are going to Joshua talk because he's he needs drinks. I really wanted Joshua to talk, but I don't think right now is the time. <laughs> hey, Bob, a little. Hey, Josh. Will. Thank you for being on the show. <laughs> it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. I I want to I want to wrap this up by just saying that there are thirty of us here this weekend. There may be mutual connections that have existed before this weekend, but I feel like after tomorrow, after Sunday is what I'm talking about, I could text anybody in this group and say, I hope you're doing okay. And that would be enough. Bourbonshop.threadless.com is where you can head if you want to find all of our apparel and merch. Um, at my bourbon pod is where you can find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also email us. This is my bourbon shop at gmail.com. If you have questions or comments for the show, you can head to patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast if you would like to be a patron of the show for as little as a dollar a month. Give us a five-star rate and review on iTunes. You can head to youtube.com slash this is my bourbon podcast. I do live streams every Thursday night. Uh, hit that bell notification as well if you would like to see when I'm going live and as well 
for when we have new episodes coming out. That about does it for me. I know this episode was pretty dang crazy. Um, that is an understatement. I'm going to say a curse word now. <laughs> Don't edit this out. Fart. Shit. <laughs> And that about does it for this week's episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. Who's to say, Perry? Who's to say? say? I will see you next week, but until then, I'm Perry, and this is my Bourbon Podcast. <laughs>